Jesus, you were very clear in your word. You said, in this life, we will have trouble. You you didn't say we may. You didn't say it could. You said we will have trouble. You used those words on purpose because you knew what you were talking about and you knew what you were doing. And there are times in our lives, Father, when we just feel like, kind of like this song, we're in this boat and we're being tossed and we're being turned and, and we're like the disciples with where it almost feels like you're asleep. And Father, we're, we're calling out and we're, we're saying, Father, the, the boat's going to go over the side. We're, we're, we're all going to be in trouble. This is not a good situation. And Father, I just feel like there's some of us here this morning that are in that boat right now. We're in that boat and we're being tossed and we're being turned and, and we're, we're almost being like, Jesus, do you even know where we are at? Do you even know what we're experiencing in this moment? And the truth is, Jesus, you know exactly where we are. You know exactly what we're going through. And the bottom line is this. Back 2,000 years ago, the waves and the wind listened to your voice. And they still do. So, Father, no matter how big the storm that we're facing, no matter how much the wind may be blowing in our lives, the wind and the waves still obey your name and your word and what you are saying. And sometimes that means that it still rages a little bit. Sometimes it means that we continue to go through those moments. But, God, what we have to remember is you will never leave us alone in that boat. You are with us constantly. Because you did say in this world and in this life, we will have trouble. But then you did not stop there. And you said, take heart, for I've overcome this world. Take heart. Because no matter what you face, no matter what the storm is, no matter what the wind is, I am greater, says the Lord. And so, Father, whatever it is, whatever we're dealing with right now, whatever storm or wave or wind that might be blowing in our hearts and in our lives, Father, we take those things, we place them in your hands, and we say, Father, whether you choose to speak to the storm and shut it up, or whether you just speak to the storm that's raging in our hearts, you have a plan, and your plan is good. Help us to grow in it. Help us to experience you in a deeper way than we ever have before. Father, we trust you. We trust you. And we give it to you. For you're a good father. And you have a good plan. We trust you. We trust you. It's yours. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time that we could come and be together as a family and as a community and love you and have you love on us. Father, it's so special to be together and do this. We thank you for this time. We ask that you just continue to be a part of everything that is said, everything that is done in this service because this time is your time. We give it to you.
Hope you had a wonderful week. I know that you've already spent some time saying hi, but go ahead and say hi again, and then you may be seated. Thanks, dude. Really awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, hope you had a wonderful week. We're going to be in John chapter 5 this morning. Um, When you came in this morning, hopefully you were handed a little piece of paper. Um, Those are for your uh, enjoyment or, or... or making paper airplanes after service, please, after service. Um, But those are some notes that we're going to have. I like to give out notes um, for no other reason than it is something that hopefully you can take with you and and actually use, study throughout the week. Um, Linda did an amazing job putting those together. Thank you so much, Linda, for all your hard work and all that you do. And so those are there. Um, You'll be getting one of those every week, again, for paper airplanes or for, for things that you can look at later on. Um, and, of course, those fill-ins will be on the, the, the data projectors behind me as we go. So I uh, just wanted to see, make sure you got one of those. If you did not get one of those, um, uh, we'll get you one after service. Or, um, again, we can get you one next week when, uh, when we meet together again. So, uh, like I said, hope that you had a wonderful week. The title of the message this morning is, Would You Like to Get Well? Again, we're in John chapter 5. I'm going to read to you. It's a little bit of, of, of scripture, but it's not major. And so we're just going to read it straight uh, uh, through uh, this, this part of scripture that we're actually using this morning. It says, Starting with verse number one, it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the sheep gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Now, uh, one of the men lying there had been sick, sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Let's stop there for just a second, just to give you a little background. If you look in your Bible, now if you're using a King James Version or a New King James Version, you will probably find uh, verse number 4, okay, in your scripture. If you don't, and you weren't paying attention, you get to find something kind of cool Most translations, modern translations, do not have verse 4. Verse 4, they think, was added later. It's not in some of the early manuscripts. Basically, what they think happened was people that were translating the Bible basically gave you a little extra information. Because if you don't know the information, the story doesn't make a lot of sense. Okay, what do you mean by a pool? Why do you want to get in the water? What is wrong with you? But basically, if you have chapter 4, it basically says this, that basically... At this pool, there was times where an angel would come down, it would stir the water, and the first person into the pool would receive healing. Now, we don't know if this is really what God was doing, or it was just kind of a myth or something like that. But we do know that people definitely believed it because people were there waiting for this to happen. Okay? So that's what this guy is doing. He's basically waiting for the water to be stirred, basically, and then the first one in gets healed. Okay? So we have to understand that for the story to really make sense. So that's what's happening, okay? So so basically, now we start again with verse number 8. Jesus told him, stand up, 
pick up your mat and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, the man who healed me told me, pick up your mat and walk. Who said such a thing, they demanded. The man did not know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Let's pray. Father, I need you right now. Father, I need you all the time, but I need your anointing right now. Because, Father, my words are inadequate. They're not enough. They're not good enough. They don't change lives. But, Father, one word from you changes everything. And so, Father, less of me, more of you. Father, my words cease. Your words begin. Everything that exits my mouth, Father, let it be of you. Let it be of you. Because you are good. And you are a good father. And you love your kids. And so, Father, please, use me so that you may be glorified. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. i got a question for you. And, and this is always a fun question to ask, especially when husbands and wives are together in a service. So please do me a favor. Do not look at each other. Do not point at each other. Do not nudge each other because I do not want a, a bunch of marital counseling in my office on Tuesday. Okay? But how are you when you're sick? Like, I have found that I am the biggest. I don't get sick a lot. Okay? But when I get sick, I get sick. Okay? Like... Like, it's about once every, Emily has kind of learned this. It's about once every five years, okay? Once every five years, I get sick, and it's like, like, you may need to go to the hospital and get IVs sick, okay? Now, that happened about three years ago, so we're good for a while, okay? Now, I'm saying all this, and now, you know, a week, we'll be like, where's Aaron? And he's like, oh, he's in the hospital getting IVs, you know? So, but I am the biggest baby when it comes to being sick. Okay, I, I, I get into bed and I'm cold up, you know, and, and I'm just, you know, it's just the worst thing in the world. I'm crying, to, you know, oh, Lord, if you would just heal me, I'll go to Africa. I'll do whatever you want me to do, you know, kind of a thing. And Emily comes in. How you feeling? I'm sick, you know. I'm one of those. Okay, now please, if your husband is that, because I have found for some reason that, that women's, women are just so much better in so many things. And one of them is my wife could probably get her arm cut off and she would be like, it's fine, we're good. I get a sniffle and it's like the world is coming to an end. But one thing I have learned is when I do not feel well, whether it is I'm really, really sick or I have a sniffle, I am not very effective in whatever I'm setting out to do. I am not feeling well. I am not 100%. And so that is a problem. That is an issue. And what I want in that moment is nothing more than for God to heal me. Whether that's using the medicine or whether that's him just touching me, I just want to feel better. That's important to me. That's what I want. That's what I need. Because let's be honest, I'm just a big baby. I don't like it. Now there's some things I can handle, but not when I'm sick. It changes everything. And see, one of the things I've found about people that I love is 
this morning, we're, let me stop there. What we're going to be talking about this morning is, is not necessarily physical healing. Now, that is an important part. God heals, God continues to heal, and we pray for that. But what I really want to focus in on this morning is more of the idea of an emotional healing of a spirit, and a spiritual healing. Because what I have found is most Christians are literally walking around sick. And because of that, they're not as effective as they could be for the kingdom of God. They are walking around. We are the walking wounded. And the thing we have to understand is that is not what Jesus has for us. Yes, we're going to have moments of pain. Yes, people are going to hurt us. Yes, things are going to happen. I always tell people this. You have to understand this. You will probably hear this more than you would like to hear. and You'll probably get very tired of it, so I'm going to say it anyway. Broken people do broken things. And I'm going to tell you this right now just so we can get it out, just so when you come to me and say you're a horrible, terrible person, I'm going to look at you and say I'm going to remind you of this. I will hurt you. I will not wake up in the morning and go, hmm, how can I hurt them today? But I'll hurt you. I'll say the wrong thing. I'll do the wrong thing. I won't respond in the way that you want me to. I will never try to, but it will happen because I'm broken. I'm still being fixed. God is still restoring me, just like he's restoring all of us. And so because of that, I'm selfish. Because of that, I sin. Because of that, I do things that aren't really godly. And I'm going to hurt you. I don't mean to. I don't want to. It's going to devastate me. But I'm just letting you know it's going to happen. Because in some ways, I'm still sick. I'm still being restored. I'm still being transformed from glory to glory. And so what I found, though, is we got people walking around with one arm. We got people walking around that can barely walk. And I think that needs to change. I think that needs to end. Because here's the thing. You cannot control how people will respond to you. You cannot control what they do to you. If you try, you'll drive yourself absolutely insane. But you can control how you handle it and what you do with it when that happens. And one thing you have to understand is, and whether you're, this is your first time here or not, I don't know because this is my second Last week, last week, oh yeah, I guess it's my third. Yeah, you're right. But, but last week, somebody said, oh, we had some new people. I said, who were they? <laughs> I didn't know who they were. You know, it's like, you know, so, so here's the thing. Like, if you were like, well, you know, I, I, I haven't been here for a while. That's good, neither have I. I don't know any better, you know? But, but here's the bottom line. Whether you have walked in here for the first time, whether you're like, What is this place and what is this all about? You need to understand one thing. I care for you deeply. And here's the thing. I know those are just words. And you may be sitting there because you're human and because this is what humans do. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I'll prove it. Just give me some time. And I care about you. And I don't like people that I love to be walking around without fulfilling their destiny because they're sick, because they're wounded, because they have these scars that Jesus desperately wants to heal. We don't let him. So this morning, what the message is really about is about healing. It's about knowing that that there are some things that we need to do to be a part of what God wants to do in us to bring our healing about. Because the bottom line is this, 
There are people here that are wounded. Some of you have been wounded a week ago. Some of you have been wounded 30 years ago. And as I was putting this together, as the Lord was speaking to me about what to share, I really felt like God was saying, today is the day. If you'll let him, today is the day. You don't have to walk around like this anymore. But it's important that we look at a couple things. First thing, it's important to choose healing. It's important to choose healing. Look at verse number six. This is interesting. It says, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked asked him, would you like to get well? Now, you would think this would be one of those things that would be an easy answer, but it isn't. Do you realize how many people kind of walk around and they make their their scar or they make their open wound? It kind of identifies who they are. You ever met somebody like that? It's like, how you doing? Oh, you know. Just suffering for Jesus. And I look at, I've literally, I've had literally had people do this. And, and I have a big mouth, so you have to get used to it, okay? I literally looked at that person and I said, why? And they didn't have an answer. I mean, it is literally like there are people who identify with their pain. They identify with what has happened to them. It's like they literally live at 365 Bitter Avenue. That's their address. That's where their mail goes. You would think that we would be smart enough to understand that Jesus has this really deep desire to come and bring healing to us. But we kind of sit there and go, I'm good. You see, it'd be obvious, you would think, to go, man, this guy has been sick for 38 years. Jesus, I don't know if there's such a thing as a dumb question, but maybe that was. But it isn't. Because here's what we find. A lot of these guys don't want to get well. They get carried to a place, dropped off, hang out, get stuff, picked up, dropped off again. They don't have to work. They don't have to do normal things. And I looked into this because I was like, are you kidding? You know, like, why would Jesus ask this? There was actually, you know, like some, some stuff I looked at this week that said a lot of these guys, that was, they didn't want to get well. And I love that Jesus asks. You know, One of the things that that is interesting about God to me is that God in his power and his majesty and all that he can do doesn't just say to us, guess what? You're going to love me. Tough. Sorry. Tough cookies. That's just the way it's going to be. Jesus literally looks at us and says, do you want to love me? Do you want to get well? And I'll be honest, you know, like I I try to focus on me because that's the person I know pretty well. There's sometimes I don't want to get well. I want, listen, you know, this, listen you're going to think less of me all the time, so just, we'll just go with it. I, I want that person that hurt me to hurt too. I don't want to get better because I want them to see me and go, oh, well, he's hurt. I want other people to say, oh, look, he's hurt. That person's horrible. You know, you, we might as well start, you know, second week. In learning that I don't have all my stuff together. 
I do. And like Jesus is here. like, hey, listen, Aaron, I want to take that bitterness. I want to take that hurt. I want to bring healing into your life. And I'm like, Jesus, no, I'm good. I'm good because that person hasn't hurt enough yet for what they did to me. It's like we somehow think that that's a way to get at them because you hurt me. And so sometimes we have to really start with the question, do you even want to get well? Because Jesus is not going to bring healing in your life unless that's what you want. And you go, well, of course I do. But do you really? Do you really want that? Or are you content living where you're at? Are you content living in that address? And here's how you can find out. Okay? Here's how you can find out. If, if, if the first thing, well, yeah, the first thing, but some of the first things out of your mouth talk about your hurt and talk about your disappointment and talk about what this person has done to me, you probably aren't ready to get well yet. But you get to choose. You can live this way until you go see Jesus. But I believe very strongly that is not God's plan for you. God has something better for you, but you have to choose it. And what that means also is you have to be honest with yourself. Okay? Listen, later on, I'm just going to warn you right now. Okay? Getting all this out so everybody's aware so you don't look at me and go, oh, I wasn't expecting this. We're going to have a time where we're going to allow the Father to do some healing work in us. And in that moment, I'm going to ask you to look deep in your heart, and you're going to have a choice to make. You can either decide to do that or you can decide to lie to yourself. Okay? I'm just, there it is. But Jesus is here. He has a great plan for you. And I'm going to ask you to be honest. Listen, listen, lying to others is silly. Lying to yourself is ridiculous. Okay? Now, you may choose to not desire that healing, and that's up to you. But do me a favor, don't lie to yourself. Don't do that because I, I, I kind of know a little bit about people because I've been one for a little while. And most of you right now already know that thing in your heart. You already know that hurt. When I started talking about emotional healing and I talked about scars, you automatically went to that person or that thing. So, so hold on to that because you're going to need it later because Jesus wants to heal you if you'll let him. So that's the first thing. you got to choose healing. The second thing, it's important to focus on who can truly heal us. Look at verse number 7, and then we'll go a little bit into 9. It says this, after Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? He says, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. I love this story because I love the details that John gives us. He's at this pool. And he is there to get healing. He is there to get healing. And here's the interesting thing about it. The person who can truly heal him is right next to him. And what can he focus in on? The water. There's water there. And that water, if it boils up, I'm going to get there. Now, how's the guy going to get in the water? Sometimes I, when I read scripture, I kind of take a step back and go, this doesn't make any sense. 
Not that the word doesn't make sense, but like what this guy is trying to do doesn't make sense. It's no wonder he's been sick for 38 years. How's he going to get in the water? Plus, we don't even really know for sure if that happened. Or someone just said it once, and there was this myth as all these people were sitting there. The man who could heal him was sitting, standing next to him, speaking to him. And what is he focused in on? I can't get to the water. You know what I found is we get hurt, we get devastated, we get frustrated, things happen. And instead of going to Jesus, we go to a pool of water that may get stirred every other year. And we can't figure out why we've been sick for 38 years. Now, I want you to also think about this. Who's at the pool? Do you remember? Blind, lame, paralyzed. Who's going to put him in the water? Plus, aren't they going to want to get in the water first? And you go, well, that's kind of silly, isn't it? And I kind of always look at it and say, you know, when I look at people and what they do, especially in the Word, and it's silly, I kind of have to be really careful because normally what I do is like that, well, that's silly. And then God's like, "Mm mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Of course it's, it's silly. And God's like, mm-hmm. And then I start to look at my life and I'm going, oh. <laughs> Sometimes I'm silly. You know, a lot of times things happen and we run to people and we run to books and we run to, to self-help stuff and we run to this, we run to that. And usually, to be honest with you, the last person we run to is Jesus. The one that can actually do a restorative, complete healing in our lives. He's like the, you know, well, I'll get to you. It's like, I don't know how, how many times in my own life I have sat there and I have been hurt and I have been wounded. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. This is bad. I can't believe it. And Jesus like taps me on the shoulder. And I'm like, Jesus, can you leave me alone? I'm wallowing in self-pity right now. Oh, oh. And he taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, God. Jesus, what? Do you want to get better? But Jesus, well, I'm going to go talk to this person. Or I'm going to go talk to that person. And look, look. It's good to share those things with people. That's not the problem. The problem is, is we always seem to leave Jesus out of it. We forget the person who can really heal us is not each other. Because let's, let's be honest, if we really want to know who we are in this story, we're the same blind, lame, paralyzed people that quite honestly are probably waiting for healing. Who's going to put him in the water? Who's going, to, who's going to help him to do that? Now, you may say, well, maybe someone was walking by. And you know what? Maybe that would happen. But I'll be honest with you. That doesn't seem like a really high percentage situation. You don't know when the water is going to happen. Hopefully, there's someone that just happens to be walking by at that time that is capable of carrying you to the water and is extremely quick. Listen, hear my heart on this. I know that there are going to be times when things happen and you're going to call or you're going to knock on my office door and say, say, Aaron, can we talk? And I'm going to say, absolutely. And we're going to talk. 
and we're going to listen, and we're going to be there, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. And you know what? The end of it, in the middle of it, and the beginning of it, I'm going to be doing is I'm going to say, listen, I, I'll listen, but you got to go take this to Jesus. I can't fix it. I'm not designed to. I'll direct you to who can fix it. I'll say, listen, I will walk through this with you. I will help you in any way I can, but I cannot bring healing to you. It's only Jesus. And here's the good news. He's standing right there and he's asking the same question. Do you want to get well? Because he has the power. He has the authority to bring that about. It's important that we understand that. The final thing, it's important to understand the purpose of our healing. Look at verses 14 and 15. It says, but afterwards Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Something we need to understand here, there is a purpose in everything. Nothing happens by accident when it comes to God. God knows exactly what he's doing, exactly why he's doing it, and exactly the right time that he's doing it. And sometimes what things happen are not necessarily things that God is sitting there going, yeah, this is awesome. Remember what Joseph said, the things that sometimes man will try to use for evil, God will turn around and use for good. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why? I don't know if you're like this. I am like this. I am the why king. God, why? God, if you're so powerful, why? God, if you're so great, why? God, if, 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 why, why, why? Why did this person get cancer? Why did this person pass away? Why did I lose my job? Why, 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 why? Do you realize the word doesn't say that God will answer your questions? He's God. He doesn't have to. Sometimes God will. And sometimes God says, trust me. But we have to understand there is a purpose behind the pain. It is not that God said, I am going to do this to you. People choose what they do, and sometimes they choose the wrong thing. But God will always, if you let him, take something disgusting and make something beautiful. Always. All things work together for good. All things. I think he used that word on purpose. But we don't live that way, do we? We walk around and say some things, or things that don't hurt, or things that seem pleasant. That's what God uses. No, no. One thing I love about Jesus, one thing I love about God, and many, many things, is he takes something that's horrible, and he turns it into something beautiful, if you will let him. And your pain, and your hurt, and your wound, God desires to make something beautiful out of it. You go, but Aaron, you don't know. You're right, I don't know, but he does and he will. You don't know what happened. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. You're right. You're right. And I am not in any way, shape, or form trying to belittle your pain or belittle your wound. I'm not. But at the same time, I believe that no matter what you have faced, Jesus is greater and he can bring complete and total healing. Complete and total healing. Not a band-aid on a bullet wound, but like it was never even there. That's how great he is. And he knows. 
You go, well, how does he know? Because Jesus experienced it. Jesus knows what it feels like to be abandoned. He knows what it is to pour himself into people and have, that, have one person turn him in to be killed. He knows what it is to be ridiculed, even by his own family. Jesus knows hurt. But Jesus knew who could bring healing. And it's a beautiful thing. But there's a purpose. There's a purpose behind that. And we see it here in this scripture. We see two things that Jesus begins to bring out in the word that begins to say, listen, this is what the purpose of it is. First of all, we see this understanding of Jesus saying, listen, listen, I'm glad you are healed physically, but now it's time to change your life. God desires to do life change in you. If you look at your life today and it is the same as it was a week ago, you are missing what God has for you. Period. God does not look at you and say, you're good today. Just stay where you're at. He wants you growing every day. He brings things in every moment. And Jesus looked at him and said, listen, I'm glad that you're healed. I'm glad that this is a good situation. But now your life needs to be different than what it was before. Sometimes, Jesus, these things happen, and one of the beautiful things that come out of them is this little thing that we have a hard time with because we think we got it all figured out. It's called growth. If you're not growing, you are dying. There is no such thing as a plateau in the Christian experience. And so God comes, and he says, listen, this is great. And here's the thing. I don't think Jesus is looking at him with this stern look on his, you better get your act together. I think Jesus is like, listen, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, you caught your healing, but listen, listen, that's good and great and fine, but now your life should be different. Now you have the ability to look back and go, yes, I was dead. I was hurting. I was, it was nasty. It was horrible. I had this infection that literally got down into my soul. But then Jesus came. He did something amazing. And now because of that, my faith has grown. I am growing. I know him better. And it's amazing. Is your, is your healing experience like that? Because if it isn't, that's what Jesus wants to do. I want to use just for an example real quick, the idea of physical healing, okay? Physical healing to understand some emotional and spiritual healing. Let's say someone walks in to the service who is blind, cannot see, and we'll just, you know, just because we'll just make it even more cool, they've been blind since birth, can't see, have never seen nothing. And they walk in and they say, they say, they come up to you, okay? And they say, will you pray for me? Oh, sure, absolutely, yes, we'll, we'll pray, yes. What can, what can I pray for you about? You know, that excited, you know. Well, 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 I've been blind since birth. Yes, yes, I see, that's great. Yes, 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 let's pray. Yes, do you have financial need? Yes, yes, what, what can I pray for you? Yes, well, I, well I, actually, I just, I want to see. <laughs> okay. And you go, okay, God, you can handle this. And you don't say some formula. You don't say some secret word. You just say, Jesus, this is a child of you that you love in a way that we can't even understand because of how huge it is. And Father, he can't see. 
Jesus, in the name of Jesus, will you help him to see? And in that moment, God opens his eyes or opens her eyes. Now, if that, maybe, maybe you're more reserved than I am. But let's be honest, if that happened, first of all, I would probably be doing running laps around the building. I know I would not be doing this. Well, hallelujah, yay, Jesus. Well, let's go have lunch. It would be exciting. It would change everything. Not just in his life, but in in, in partly mine. I want that. I want that type of change. Because it is no less or greater of a miracle when God heals emotionally than when he heals physically. The problem is that sometimes that is emotional stuff we can't see as clearly. But in the same way, sometimes that stuff is much more damaging than even the physical. So we got to let it change us. And then the next thing, it goes into that as we continue kind of with our story about the blind man in our service, what would we do next? We would tell everybody, hey, we were at church today. You know, you, you go to the restaurant, the, wait, the waiter comes up, the waitress comes up. Hi, can I take your order? Yes, you can. But before you do, let me tell you what Jesus did. And this person's like, uh, I just, I'm just here to take your order. I know, I don't care. Let me tell you what happened. We tell people, what's the guy do? As soon as he figures out who Jesus is, what does he do? He tells people, Jesus healed me. Listen, sometimes your hurts are going to be for you. They're going to be so that you can grow closer. That's a part of it. But a part of it also is probably so that you can tell someone else so they can get their hurts healed too. We don't let God heal us and then shut up about it. We let God heal us so that we can go to somebody and say, listen, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with. But here's the deal. I was dealing with this. Jesus came and everything changed. And he can do the same for you. What do we do as Christians? We let God do something and then it's like we keep it and we hoard it and we don't share it. When I was a kid, and some of you are going to remember this and some of you are going to think I'm nuts, but I just remember this and it stuck in my head and I think it it was like a Christian little 20 minute video and I don't remember what it was called. It may have been called The Gift or I don't know, just some kind of Christian-y kind of sounding show. And basically, it was this really sad guy. And some of you are going to come up to me afterwards and say, I remember that. And then we're going to have to find it on YouTube or something and just enjoy it. But it was this guy, and he looked pitiful. He was miserable. He would go to work all day, and he was just kind of, and he'd click in. And I think he was screwing caps on bottles. And I don't know if he got it in his lunchbox or something, but he opens up his lunchbox or something like that. He has a box or a gift or something. And he opens it up. And all of a sudden, like, angels show up in all white tuxedos. Okay, some of you, I can tell some of you are like, okay, good. I'm, I'm, I'm. So ask those people. I'm not nuts. So, and they have little wings, you know, and they're flapping. And, and all of a sudden, like, this music starts to play. And the angels just begin to dance. And the guy's heart just begins to change. And instead of this sad, pitiful, he just, I mean, his his whole, it's like his whole world lights up. 
And he's just, and he's, he's dancing and he's having a good old time. Well, then somebody starts to come in. And the first thing he does is he closes the box. Angels disappear. And then he's back to, somebody comes in. It's like a locker room. And then they, they go out. And the next thing he opens the box and the angels sing. And this happens for a little while. And finally, one of the angels looks at him and he says something like this. He says, you're not supposed to hoard it. You're supposed to share it. Folks, we have been hoarding Jesus for far too long. If all we do is come in here and dance with the angels, and out there they're dancing with the enemy, we have failed in our mission. It is time to start bringing the music out into a dark, cold world that desperately needs to begin to dance with Jesus. And maybe... Maybe one of the things he's going to do with that hurt and that pain, that thing that you could look at and you could say, God, why? God, could you do this to me? Why did all these things happen? God brings healing and God uses that. And all of a sudden you go up to that person that you thought would never accept Jesus. And you say, hey, I, I know, you, you know you're not a big fan of Jesus, but let me tell you kind of what God did in me. And that person, something changes and something happens. And all of a sudden that person is with us for all eternity. I promise you the pain will be worth it. But not if you don't share it. Not if you're not willing to open your music and share it. So you have to understand there is a purpose in your pain. And God doesn't just want to bring healing to restore you. He wants to also bring healing to restore others around you. I have people come to me, Aaron, I've been praying for, for my grandson or my daughter or my, my friend at work or whatever for, for a long, long time. And I say, awesome, don't stop, keep praying. But I will ask you this, maybe God's wanting to bring some healing into your life so that you're able to actually give them something. You cannot give what you do not have. And if you are broken and if you are hurt and you are walking in that, you will be unable to fully, fully Walk in the destiny that God has for you. Now, I know this is not my first rodeo. I know how this could go. I know that there are some of you right now who know exactly. The Spirit has already begun to speak to you. He's already begun to kind of turn searchlights into your heart. But I want you to wait just a few minutes longer. Because we're going to finally talk about this. Where do we go from here? Okay, all this is great, Aaron. Where do we go from here? What do we do now that can bring forth these things? First, you've got to search your heart. You've got to search your heart and you have to be honest. Please be honest. You can choose to not accept God's healing. That is fine. That is on you. I am not going to sit here and say, you have to. It's your choice. If Jesus doesn't force you, neither will I. But please, search your heart. Search it. Find out if there's something there. And look, it may be deep and buried. A lot of this stuff has basically been pushed back to the back of the heart. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. So you push it back and you put all this stuff there. But the bottom line, it's still there. And every once in a while, it'll come up. Every once in a while, somebody will say something or somebody will do something or you'll see somebody. And all of a sudden, all that stuff will come back up again. Listen, you have not got healing. Healing is not forgetting. Healing is not putting it in the back and forgetting about it. That's not what God has for you. It's something greater. Jesus wants it healed, not pushed to the back where I don't have to deal with it. 
Search your heart. Next, bring it to Jesus. Listen, if you want to come talk to me, we'll talk. If you want to pray with me, we'll pray. We'll do, but take it to Jesus. Don't sit at a pool and expect the water to be stirred and expect someone to walk over and pick you up when Jesus is standing right next to you and has asked you the question, do you want to get well? Bring it to Jesus. All those other things, they're okay. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying don't share this with other people. What I am saying is share it with Jesus. Go to the one that can actually do something and actually heal it. And finally, let it change you and others. Let it change you and others. What do, you, what do, you, what do we do? You know, you, you get all this stuff, and at the end you go, okay, well, that's, oh, that's great, Aaron. That's awesome. Okay, now what? This is now what? Search your heart, bring it to Jesus, and let it change you and others. Not just you, but others. Listen, we're going to close. Eric and Holly, would you guys come on back up? And every, every once in a while, we, we don't do this all the time, but and you'll kind of get used to this and so on and so forth, is, is, is we kind of have a time at the end where it's, I, I call it kind of family time. When I was a kid, we would have family meetings. You ever do that? This is a family meeting, Okay. This is, this is not a family meeting where we are alone. This is a family meeting that Jesus is here with us. And he has called this meeting, he has brought us together with one question that should be on our minds, and that's this. Do you want to get well? You see, Jesus won't ask it if he's not willing to do it. If I say, do you want to get well? I can't do that on my own. When Jesus asks, it's because he has the ability, the power to do it. And if you want that to happen, today's your day. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it happened this morning. I don't care if it happened 30, 40 years ago. It does not matter. God is here and God is asking the question, do you want to get well? Because I have this thought and I believe it's usually, it's put there by God. There's a lot of walking wounded right now. And we as a group and we as individuals, we are not going to get where God wants us to be if we're walking around sick. Now, now look, you may be sitting there and, 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 and you may be starting, because again, you may be starting to feel shame right now. If you are, that's from the enemy, it's from the pit of hell. Okay? We all get hurt. In this world, in this life, you will have trouble. You cannot control what people do. You can't. You can try, but you can't. They get to make their own choices. But this morning, you get that opportunity too. You say, but Aaron, you don't know what my father did to me. And you're right, I don't. You don't know what my husband or my wife did to me. You don't know what my kids said to me. Yeah, you're right, I know. But I believe if Jesus can speak to it, God can't move. I believe 
that if Jesus can speak to a dead man and he can be raised, he can heal those wounds. There's a song that I really like. And it's a beautiful song. And there's a, there's a, there's a phrase in it, and it says this. It says, there is no pain that Jesus can't heal. I don't care what it is. Jesus is greater. Jesus is bigger. And he wants to bring healing. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to do this every week, because, but I do want to do it right now because I believe this is a, a special moment. This is an ordained moment. This is a moment between you and God. i just like to ask you to please, if you would, close your eyes. That's not because it's some spiritual woo-woo-woo thing. It's just I want you to focus. And right now, we're going to do what we said. We're going to do what comes next. I want us to take a minute right now and search our hearts. And don't just search it with you. Let's ask the Father to do it. And so that's what I'm going to do right now. Will you do that with me quietly? Father, right now, God, search my heart. Father, if there's something there, and it may be an easy thing, it may be an obvious thing, it may be something that we walked in here focused in on. But Jesus, no matter what it is, No matter if it happened yesterday, today, or 80 years ago, it matters not to you. Father, bring that to our mind. Don't let us lie to ourselves. Bring it up. Holy Spirit, come. Illuminate that in us. God, literally, turn on a floodlight in our hearts. Let us see it. Let us see it. Let us see it. Now, as that thing is now visible, as that thing has, has literally the spirit of God has literally moved all your junk out of the way that you put back there to kind of keep this from coming up. He's moving it all out now. He's pulling it out into the light. And I know for some of you, that's very painful. I know that. But you know what? We're going to get healing. We're going to get healing. Now, what I want you to do with that thing is I want you to give it to Jesus. I want you to basically say, yes, Father, I want healing. Yes, God, I desire for something amazing to happen, something supernatural to take place inside of me because, God, you do amazing supernatural things. But, Jesus, I can't fix this on my own. Uh, Lord knows I've tried. I've gone, I've read books. I've, I've looked at people. I've asked pastors. I've done all this stuff, and it still hurts, and it's still painful, and it's still robbing me of my joy and my peace. And, Jesus, right now we give it to you. Father, we look to you and say, completely heal us. Father, right now, remove the pain and the hurt and the bitterness and the gunk and the infection, all that stuff that has been there for so long. Father, wipe it clean. Jesus, come and get all that stuff out. And Jesus, don't leave it dormant. Don't leave it empty. Fill it with your peace and your joy and your love and your mercy. Father, sometimes we walk around and we can't understand why we can't walk in your spirit. We can't walk in the fruit of your spirit. It's because our hearts are full with all the other stuff. Get all that other stuff out and fill it with you. Fill it with you. Jesus, literally, speak to people right now and speak the word, stand up and walk. Pick up your mat and walk in your destiny. Walk in your healing. Walk in that. 
you speak to us, Jesus. Begin, Father, just like a, a wet towel on a messed up blackboard. Just, just wipe it clean. Wipe it clean. And Jesus, right now, when the enemy tries to come and bring it back, when the enemy tries, because he will, because he's a jerk, because he hates us. But when he does, Jesus, Father, we ask that you would stand with us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we stand on the authority that is given to us by the blood of Jesus Christ. So when he comes, we stand. When we've done all that we can do to stand, we stand. And we stand with you. We don't want sort of healing. We don't want bandage on a bullet wound. We want complete and total healing. And what's awesome about praying that, Jesus, is that's what you want to. And Father, right now, Father, you're pouring in your oil and the wine. You're beginning to clean those wounds. You're beginning to do something absolutely life-changing. Jesus, I, I know that this isn't just something when the service ends that that's it. This is, this is a process that you're going to continue. So Jesus, continue to work. Continue to cleanse. Continue to bring forth that healing. And finally, as you are working, Father, as you are doing that deep, redemptive work deep inside of us, Father, change us. Make us more like you. Father, bring forth true forgiveness for those that hurt us. Bring forth, not not, not because I have to, not because God told me to, but we have a desire to forgive because Christ has forgiven us. We have a desire to not forget, to not say it was okay, but to say, Father, I forgive that individual. I forgive Father, let it change us from the inside out. Let this emotional, spiritual healing brighten every part of who we are. Let your joy reign in our hearts and in this place. And then, Father, also, not just change us, but God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will literally put people in our path that need our hero story that there will literally be people that are literally dealing with the exact same things. And when they hear, we hear that story, we can look at them and say, I know exactly what you feel because I felt the same thing. And I walked with that maybe way longer than I should have. But Jesus came and Jesus spoke and things were brought back to life in me. Everything changed. And then more healing can take place. More life change can take place. More people will grow in you. So it's just not about us. It's about everybody else to become in contact with. Oh my God.